0: Rebuild your life from a place of embodied listening and quiet knowing. To learn more and register for this live stream, go to eomega.org thrive. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you by Spirited Sea Travel. Reserve your space for spring 2020. Visit spiritedseatravel.com and mention Unity Online Radio when booking. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Rev. Temple Hayes.
1: And then, hello everyone. I I tell you, I just love that intro because every time I hear welcome to intentional spirit, I I immediately go to, okay, I how am I being intentional right now? And I I'm trusting that you're asking the the same question. You know, we say it all the time. Being intentional is is very different than just someone setting goals uh, because an intentional spirit is likened to our guest today, a, a person like him or myself, that we have these ideas that we want to bring into the world, and we just keep walking the path, and we don't go by you know, what the weather is or what other issues are in our lives or are we perfect or not. We just keep walking forward, and that's what intentional spirits do, and that's why I know that so many of you say you love our show It's because you're hearing stories from individuals that have overcome adversity, challenges, um, accepting self-esteem. You know, not everything means someone's broken, but the growth that we do to be out in the world and be a difference maker. It's really an honor to have the one and only James Twyman today. Welcome to our show.
2: Oh, so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. I've seen you around through the world, either through some new film you've done or you're walking around somewhere with your camera. And I just was really looking forward to our time together. um, Me too. Because it certainly renders to being much more intimate and I get the opportunity to know you better. How did you... um, I mean, you're so interested in peace. You're known as the Peace Troubadour. Why does all this matter to you? Did you have some kind of awakening when you were a kid? Is it, I mean, tell us your story. I want to know your story.
2: Okay, well, (laughs) that's a big question, but I'll, (laughs) I'll try and narrow it down. I think, Temple, that so much of what I've done as the peace troubadour and with the music and the books and the movies and everything else i've been involved in it it began when i was very young and felt a great devotion to and great love for francis of Assisi, saint francis and i remember when i was about 13 i think it was i was an altar boy at our church in peoria illinois and One day during the Mass, I was sitting there while the priest was doing his sermon, and I had this deep, profound experience. I didn't understand it at the time. I understand it a bit more now, but it was as if suddenly I was in a different realm, and I felt, I I, I don't want to say heard, because it was more I felt this presence and this voice speaking to me, and I recognized that it was St. Francis and there was actually a statue of saint francis there i was looking at and i felt this presence and it was drawing me basically saying without words more with feelings that, that there's some great plan that i'm part of and there's some great thing that i'm that i'm called to do and and it has to do with francis himself and all of these things and of course being 13 years old i didn't know how to deal with with that uh, I, I thought that it made me special somehow at first, but then later in life, of course, I left home right after high school and became a Franciscan. I was there for a few years, and but this voice haunted me my entire life. And it was in 1994, 25 years ago, that a friend of mine, you know, did something that took the next step for me in that vision. What it was was he gave me a piece of paper that had the peace prayers from the 12 major religions of the world. Now, the way that they related to St. Francis is that in 1987 or 86 rather, Pope John Paul II called all the different leaders of all the different religions together in Assisi, the home of St. Francis, to talk to pray, not to talk, not to do anything but to pray the peace prayer from each of their religions together as a sign of unity. And it was an an historic event, and a friend of mine gave me this sheet of paper, and as I read each one of the prayers, I just heard this music, very similar to how it was when I was that day as an altar boy. I heard this music and felt it and began to put each one of these prayers to music, and within one hour, all 12 had been arranged. And I knew that I just wanted to share them for the rest of my life, and and that 's when people began calling me the peace troubadour, and I began traveling to many countries at war and in conflict, croatia Bosnia. I was invited by Saddam Hussein to Iraq in one thousand nine hundred and ninety eight and many, many others. Uh, I was not long ago on a hill looking down into an isis held village in Syria uh, with rabbis and imams and priests from all the different Abrahamic traditions and so I've had the opportunity to travel and to do these amazing peace events, but it all kind of began that one day when I was an altar boy in Peoria. And I'll tell you something interesting, Temple, that this is very new. Mm. Uh, so I'm I'm doing this tour now, which we'll be talking about, where I, I wrote a musical based on the life of St. Francis. And in January and February, I'll be touring with it across the country on the way to mm. Broadway. And I actually uh, received a phone call only three days ago, I think it was, because I was going to be going from St. Louis to Chicago, and there's a uh, Catholic parish in central Illinois, and they called me up and asked if I'd be willing to come and to share the musical at their parish. And you'll never guess what the parish was. It was the same church where that experience happened in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, now I'm wow. being invited back <laughs> <Wow>. there. <laughs> and they had no idea about this, but so now that's on the schedule. So it, it, it does feel like something is coming full circle. And of course, over the last 25 years, after writing 16 books and the movies and the CDs and all of these things, it's nice to be able to return to that original inspiration, that simple extension that was St. Francis of Assisi.
1: Oh, that is so, wow. That is so powerful. And it's, it's very interesting because that he is very strong in my life as well. Mm. And I just, uh, uh, three or four years ago, purchased a several hundred pound statue of him. And uh, I laugh with people. It, it costs more to ship it than it did to buy it. But um, we have it here on the grounds of our campus. I mean, every time I see um, a statue of him, I just stop in my tracks. Um, and, of course, I, I love the—I uh, I just went blank for a moment—the prayer that he does. Yeah. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. You know, it's just wow. Uh, just
2: you know the 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 interesting thing, Temple first of all, the statue is beautiful and I love seeing statues of Francis and Bird Badison in gardens. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a great entry point for him. That's really all most people know. He actually was much more interested and much more complicated, of course, as any medieval saint, you know, would be. And one of the first things that people Um, are disappointed by is that Francis did not write the prayer of St. Francis. That was a prayer that showed up. Oh, in the early part of the 20th century, actually, it was on a holy card that said a simple prayer. And then on the other side, there was a picture of St. Francis. So it became known as the prayer of St. Francis. However, Francis did write many beautiful prayers, including uh, the most famous, which is called The Canticle of the Creatures or Brother, Son, Sister Moon, which, uh, is, of course, has been a movie, and, and that's the title of the musical that I wrote, based on his life, because I, I wanted to give people uh, a better understanding of who he was and the value that Francis brought to the 12th century, which is just as important today as it is in the, here in the 21st century, because he he lived in a time that was very similar to ours. There was great division, great polarization between the rich and the poor and those who had and those who had not. And Francis comes along being one of the rich and he gives up everything and he chooses to live this simple life of complete service and complete devotion so much that he he's often given credit for being one of the great initiators of the Renaissance. Mm-hmm. Because Francis lived at the end of the Dark Ages, and his life and his example inspired the great artists and the great people of, of that era and led to this time of great light. And if there was ever a time where we needed a similar Renaissance, it would be right now. So I, I, I wrote a book called Giovanni and the Camino of St. Francis, and then when that book um, was getting ready to come out, I, I didn't really know how to do a tour about it or talks about it because it's a, it's a novel. We can talk about it more later, but uh, it's a beautiful story. And so what I decided to do was to write a one-man musical based on his life. And there was one other thing that inspired this, and I'd love to share this because it's just so interesting. There is a, uh, a quote from someone. We'll see if you can guess who this is, who said, uh, the revolution we started failed. It created more atrocities and it solved. What we really needed were ten St. Francis of Assisi's. Mm. Can you guess who, who said that? What what type of person? Maybe a Gandhi or a... That's what I was a thinking, king.
1: a Gandhi or a king or...
2: Yeah, that's where people go. Uh, but the truth is it was Vladimir Lenin, oh, the wow. architect of the Russian Revolution. Oh, gosh. Said, what wow. Russia really that's needed shocking. were 10... <laughs> isn't it? I, I heard that. It was like, this is an atheist recognizing the power of one man who is 100% committed to peace. And, and, and he knew that if they had that in Russia, they wouldn't have needed a revolution. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to write this musical. I'm going to go on tour with it. And then before long, I received this invitation to come and do it on Broadway. So next year, this music will be on Broadway for two weeks. I'll be traveling across the country, um, on the way to New York, penniless, in imitation of St. Francis. So I'll have no money, not even any idea how my, my friend Bill Free and I will be getting from place to place just in t- total trust that we'll get there and that we'll have a place to stay and food to eat. But that's how Francis would do it. And he was such a radical. I really believe, Temple, that we need radicals today. We need people who are as radical in their love as Francis was 800 years ago.
1: Oh, totally. I just, I'm so fascinated by this. I'm just like, that's the reason I'm not saying anything, because I'm just like, wow, this is so (laughs) powerful, so powerful. Now, with your uh, travel part, uh, when you say across the U.S., and those of you that are tuning in, please go to JimmyTwyman.com, JimmyTwyman.com. And you'll be able to kind of follow along in this conversation. Um, Or you can look at it after as you're listening to your MP3 or sharing it with a friend. Please take the time to share this, not only now that we are live on the radio, but at another time to get people invested in in what uh, James is doing here. When you're going across the U.S., are you coming from California towards the East Coast? Or where are you with your travels? Or are you at that point yet?
2: Yes, we begin in Portland, Oregon on January 4th and then go all the way down to Santa Barbara and then across to Phoenix, Dona, uh, Santa Fe. We'll be at Unity Village, by the way. It's wonderful that we're here on Unity Radio. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll be doing a a show there at Unity Village uh, and then to St. Louis, Peoria, which I just mentioned, Chicago, Cleveland, uh, north of the Boston area, and then finally New York.
0: Oh, that's
1: so powerful. Well, if if uh, any way you find your way in Florida, let me know, please. <laughs>
2: oh, I'm sure I'll be down there. I would never like know.
1: You never know, and I have a lot of contacts in Santa Barbara. So, any way I could be of support and what that would look like, I would I would like to know more. I would like to know more about that. So, how okay. did you find um, the creation of this one man show? Like, were you I mean, obviously you were wanting to showcase this amazing life. Did you find that in the midst of the creation, like were you having some epiphanies and like, whoa? I mean, has it transformed you in particular ways?
2: Absolutely. I'll begin by saying uh, I first had the idea to do the musical Uh, It was inspired by Bruce Springsteen, of all people, because Bruce had been doing this one man musical on Broadway based on his life.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And I watched on Netflix and it was I'm a big Bruce fan and I loved it. It was so great. And while I was watching it, the idea came to me. Francis could do the same thing. He could tell the story of his life and interweave songs into this and and just share his adventure in a very modern way. And that's where the idea was born. And it, it did not take very long to write the musical. Uh, it was very effortless, actually, and, and yet very powerful. And every time I have done it, maybe 40 times at this point, it feels as if I am Francis. And from what mm. everyone shares with me, they feel that as well. It's like as soon as I put on the habit and enter into that character, it's as if it's no longer a character, but a living, breathing soul. Much like uh, someone like Daniel Day-Lewis might experience Lincoln when yeah. he's playing Lincoln in Spielberg's movie. If, you know, For eight months or whatever it took to film that, he never left character. Every night, his wife slept with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, wow. and, and for me, I mean, that's been true every time I do the show. But when I do this tour for two months, the intention is to stay in character the entire two months, to not leave that, and to see how that transforms me over the course of that tour. And who knows, but. Of course, I'm not going to walk around saying I'm St. Francis, but inwardly, internally, that's the reference point that I'll be coming from. So it's going to be very interesting because, of course, Francis only had one goal, and that was to imitate Christ, to imitate Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, I'll be imitating the imitator. But... uh, what we're really imitating and becoming is what we already are, the Christ that is already alive within us. And when we imitate that which is true, the truth of that experience is automatically and easily revealed. I think that's what Francis found. Uh, people back in that time would call him a new Jesus because he exemplified and lived this to a, like no other person ever had. So I think, and I hope that as I do the same thing with the life of Saint Francis, something very similar will happen: is that Christ's consciousness within me will open.
1: Mm. Well, I will, I will hold that for you, and and also that it will, you know, transform and and move forward in others. And it is, it is fascinating. We're in the throes here of a seven-week series of uh, Bishop Carlton Pearson that. Is God is not a Christian Jewish is not a Christian Jew Muslim or Hindu. Having said that, meaning um, God's not any of the ways that people have put God in a box. And
2: right.
1: but we were just talking this past week, and I was sharing about how you know so many people talk about the what they think the doing of Jesus was versus the being of i mean they get into the stories of well we thought he might have done you know he's not didn't do that no he never would have done that and all that instead of just the being and so it's very transformative when you just get into i'm wanting to live a life to be Christ like and let go of all those other tapes and programs and and some of the damage you know, created by traditional religiosity and all those things. And and um have you ever had the thought that you are reincarnating again? Or is that well I'm asking no. you that on airtime? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I, I had that thought as you were talking. I'm like, well, I mean, hey, who knows? And well um, obviously with humility that's not where you're trying yeah. to go. I get
2: that. <laughs> yeah, you know, people often say that and, oh, it, I, I have to honestly say th- no because I I don't feel like I would ever be worthy of such an honor. Um, and that's not just humility. That's just the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, humility, as you know, is really the key, isn't it? it, it people so often wanted, wanted to know who they were or to find some grandiose idea or version or vision of, of who they could have been as opposed to just being the simple truth right now. I think that's the power that Francis brought. He was the simple truth in that moment to a degree that, that no one else had ever even attempted. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he was so infused and, 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 and filled with that fire of the love of God, that people couldn't come into his presence without being transformed. So that's the only thing that's important to me, whether it be through this musical or just my ordinary life, is to be on fire. And, you know, there was a time, Temple, especially early in my, my career of writing books, and you're always trying to keep up with other people. Uh, you know, so and so was on Oprah. Gosh, I've got to get on Oprah as well. Or mm-hmm. you know, I've I had understand that some trust may have been
1: time. there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: we all do. And but but there comes a point where you deepen and you realize none of those things are important. The only thing that is important is me being on fire. And if I can do that and keep stoking that fire, whoever I'm supposed to be, I will be. Whoever I'm supposed to touch, I will touch. And, and I don't have to even think about it. I just have to keep stoking that fire, and that happens every moment. Francis certainly understood that. That's what I'm trying to bring out in this musical and in the Giovanni book. Uh, and by the way, people, if they want, they can actually watch the first 20 minutes of the musical. I was recently in a CZ where I performed it three times, and it was shot professionally. And if they go to that website you mentioned, JimmyTwyman.com, you can switch right over to the the website where the musical is and watch the first 20 minutes and get a real feel for it. So that's something they can do right away.
1: Oh, that's, that's really cool. Well, as you were talking about, and we, you know, touched upon reincarnation and, People always ask me through the years, you know, do you believe in it? And I went, of course, you know, it's been proven too many times. I've had too many experiences in my life. I just don't agree that everybody that reincarnated is famous. You know, you you rarely, oh, you know, somebody told me about my past life and I was Joan of Arc or, you know, it's like whatever happened to, you know, I was helping build one of the pyramids and I, you know, I had to haul rocks back and forth. I mean, you know, whatever. But yeah, it it is and i i love that that you know you you touch base upon i think that's been my greatest gift in shamanism is on a journey asking what tool do i need really to carry me through this particular lifetime and it's a story so i won't get into it but at the end of the day it wound up that it's my my sacred name and my sacred name is robe washer mm-hmm. and so because I like to live in a place of there's a difference between being full of yourself. And we've probably all met a few of those along the way are full of spirit, you know, full of spirit is you're returning everybody to that, or they are returning through knowing you that you're modeling the best you can, you know, that Christ consciousness and humility is that number one word. I mean, it really is. It's yeah. the, it's the key word That I think matters more than anything, and to be—oh, you are so right! Mm -hmm. Exemplifying this tremendous uh, archetype. I mean, to me, Saint Francis of Assisi is one of my archetypes. You know, the love of animals and and all of that. So, oh, I just find this so beautiful. I just love this of what you're doing.
2: Francis is such a man of our time, even though he lived so long ago. He is the most beloved of all the Catholic saints. People of every religion practically honor him. You see him almost everywhere you go, like you just mentioned with your statue. And, and I think once we get past that birdbath, St. Francis, and realize the true value that he has today with his passion and his humility and his, his dedication to peace, for example... One story that always really inspired me, uh, and this is actually the 800th anniversary of this story, uh, was when Francis heard a story about a man in the the Muslim world, whose name was the Sultan Al Kamil of Egypt. He was the leader of the Sultan uh, of the Muslim force that was fighting against the Crusaders, and the Sultan Al Kamil had said. That he would give a Byzantine gold coin to any Muslim who would bring him the head of a Christian and when Francis heard this being who he was he said okay I'm going I've got to meet this guy and of course everyone including the Pope said you can't do that you'll be tortured and killed and Francis said it doesn't matter he he's there to spread this fire everywhere including there and so he and and brother leo left and it took them three different attempts they finally arrived in the muslim territory they were immediately captured and tortured and sentenced to die and there they were in prison just singing and dancing and having a wonderful time so the sultan decided to make sport with him and gave francis an audience before his execution and the sultan was so impressed and so moved by this little Italian guy who mm-hmm. was just on fire that he not only let him live, but he gave Francis the gift of, a, of a, uh, an, an ivory horn that was the symbol of safe passage so that they could travel any way they wanted in that territory in safety. That's the type of impact someone like Francis has. We'll be right back after...
1: A short break. Stay with us and go to jimmytwyman.com.
0: Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: Welcome back everyone and wow, we're in the midst of a wonderful conversation today of someone willing to or uh, fully participating um, in representing Saint. Francis of Assisi. With the tour, we're talking to Jimmy Twyman. You can go to Jimmytwyman.com or World Peace Pulse. To keep up with him, his tour, where he's going to be, his schedule, and also his book and novel, which we're going to be talking about. I want to thank all of you as listeners. Thank you for all the sharing that you do of our show because we're reaching people all over the world. And please join me anytime at templehays.com or firstunity.org. It's always a pleasure to stay connected with you. So it's just... um, this is just so special. Thank you so much, uh, James, for what you're bringing to our show today and the dedication. And I'm sure there's still people going, he's going to do what? And he's not doing it with <laughs> money or support. And what does that look like? And <laughs> um, how does that, is that different for you? I know you've traveled all over the, the globe, but is that.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Very different.
2: Just, Nah. I've I've never done never done anything quite like this before. But it, the idea began when the conversation started to do this musical, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, in New York as an Off Broadway show for two weeks, and I started thinking, well, if we're going to do this, we need to do something as St. Francis would do it. In other words, not just show up, have a hotel room, and then go do a musical every day. So uh, the idea surfaced to do a tour on the way to New York where I, along with my friend Bill Free, would travel across the country with no money, in complete trust and just for, show, share the musical along the way, but not even have any idea how we're going to get from city to city or where we'll stay to let all of that emerge. And of course it will. That's the thing that I'm, that I'm completely confident about. And we, we, we know from our own lives that when we are in total trust, we're always given exactly what we need. Like Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else to be given in, given to you immediately. And that's what I know is going to happen. And then when we finally arrive in New York, we're going to be doing something very unique during the show. And that is every day we're going to be on the streets, uh, giving out free tickets to men and women who are on the streets, who are homeless, who are in need to come as our guests. We want half the audience to be filled with people off the street. Once again, this is what Francis would have done. He would have reached out to the disenfranchised, and that 's what we want to do we 're going to have a soup kitchen in the back, so we 'll all enjoy a big thing of soup before the show starts and and then get to dive into this story of a man who lived eight hundred years ago who's impacting the world just as much today as he did then so we 're doing some really unusual, beautiful stuff, uh, and as we know, if you want to have an impact you need to be radical conventional people rarely uh, change the world it's people like Francis and Gandhi and King and Mother Teresa these people who were who did very unreasonable things they're the ones who inspire us they're the ones who catch us on fire and they're the ones who change the world
1: and They didn't become that in hopes that they could be on Super Soul Sunday. And I, you know, and I and I I'm, I'm sure that that's an honor, you know, for all people that have been there. And it's a beautiful show. So you and I are very clear. We're not knocking that or anything. Right. But it's it's about people who are called to serve they don't usually set out with an understanding that they're doing it. So they'll become famous more than likely. Most of them never wanted it in the first place. They just, you know, did what they were doing every day. And then this is what's happened, you know, after the fact or whatever. So yeah, it has a a tremendous amount of, of great teaching to it. Well, the novel you were saying um, is is pretty much hand in hand with that did the musical come first or after the fact of the book the The musical
2: came after the book. I started thinking about the book maybe five or six years ago I, and at that point, I had decided I was not going to write any more books. I'd written fifteen at that point and when you're relatively successful publishers want to just keep writing whether you have anything to share or not just to keep your brand out there and I just didn't want to do that I didn't feel called unless something came to me that just wouldn't let me go and I was walking the Camino of St. Francis in Italy a number of years ago most people don't know about the Camino of St. Francis they know about the Camino de Santiago in Spain but There are different Caminos, and this is one that follows those ancient little roads and paths through the mountains that Francis would have walked 800 years ago. And it's beautiful. And as I was walking it a number of years ago, I I started just playing with this story in my head of a woman who is, you know, around 60 years old, who has never really had any faith in anything and has not lived a very good life. And for some reason, she decides to walk the Camino. And she meets this young man named Giovanni, a young Italian man who is on fire with love and wants to tell stories about St. Francis. But even though she doesn't want to hear them, she really likes Giovanni and they become Camino partners. And very slowly, through the stories that he tells about St. Francis and just the way that he lives his life, Anna is transformed and realizes that you're never too old to heal your heart. And as I said, I, I... was playing with this idea on the Camino. And then it wouldn't let me go for years. I'd think about it. I'd consider maybe writing a a script and maybe making it into a movie. But finally, about a year and a half ago, I said, I just need to write this down and began writing the book. And it was put out by Beyond Words. I'm very grateful for them. and, And it's doing quite well. But it was when I wrote that book that I you know i i am a performer temple i love to, to to sing and to share but i've never been an actor and the idea of acting appealed to me so i thought wouldn't it be fun if saint francis himself could visit these churches and these theaters and and, and tell his story and that's where the idea of the musical came from so it's really just francis telling his own story through stories and through songs. And it, it has been literally the most fun thing I have ever done. I am having such a great time sharing this. And, you know, after all these years of having so many great adventures, to think that I would turn into an actor one day and want to just travel around doing this musical surprises me. But then again, it doesn't, because it, it really does touch every little part of my life that's important.
1: And with the, um, 40, um, shows that you've done with the musical, what are, what are some of the comments that you're getting that are so much more than what you thought or, are they surprising to you? And have you, has someone then followed back and, and there's been kind of a shift with them? I mean, what are some Mm -hmm. of the things that you're, you're you're seeing and we're in the early days of creating a film with Deepak Chopra about uh, suicide mm -hmm. and I'm one of the main characters and I'm always curious about that you know what did the audience as they were viewing it you know what happened where where did things go from there
2: well first of all I found myself organically not wanting to be on stage so even when I go to a place that has a stage I'm not up there very much What I found myself organically wanting to do is just to walk amongst the people, walk through the audience and touch them and look into their eyes and speak directly to them. And even as I began doing that, I could feel this energy and this presence moving from me. And the comment that I hear most is that I felt as if St. Francis himself was right in front of me, looking to my eyes and touching my arm and and sharing his stories and obviously that's what I want and so to know that that's translating is important so that's been the most common thing that I've heard that they were deeply moved because it was as if St. Francis really was there and I figure if I can keep that going if I can maintain that energy uh, the rest will happen by itself
1: Mm. that's really powerful I yeah, just, it, you know, I just applaud you for you taking this on. I mean, it's just so rich and divine.
2: Well, thank you. I I love it. As I said, it's it's great fun, and it it keeps the fire alive in me. The the more I I, I dive into Francis, his life and and his energy the stronger that fire becomes within me. And isn't that what we need so much today are people who are on fire with love. We live in one of the most polarized time ever. And we, we look out and we wonder, what's the solution? Is it a political solution? Is it a social solution? And I don't think it's any of those things. It's a spiritual solution. That's the only thing that's going to solve these issues. If, if, like Vladimir Lenin said, if there are enough people on fire like St. Francis was, these things will solve themselves. We don't have to do anything. We just have to allow that fire to, to take hold of us. That's what Francis did 800 years ago. Uh, his life and his story were so rich here he was the playboy of town, the rich kid, and and then he spent a year in prison and became very ill, and that shook him. I mean, how many of us have had situations in our lives where we were just completely shaken by by tragedy or by difficulties? And it, it, it shakes us free from our convention, and it, it shows us that there's another way, and Francis found that way. And But at first, he had to risk being a complete fool for that to happen. He was disenfranchised. Nobody wanted to have anything to do with him in a CZ because he had literally stripped naked in front of the whole town and laid his clothes at his father's feet and then walked out of the town naked. To them, he was a lunatic. But slowly people began to see, no, there's something else that's going on. He is on fire, and every time I'm around that fire, I feel something happening inside my heart, and I want to oh. be around that. So before long, other men, and, and of course there's Claire. We, we can't leave Claire out of this discussion because St. Claire was just as important as Francis was, and she was the feminine counterpoint. She was literally the closest thing to royalty that they had in Assisi. And so for her to be inspired by Francis and then to sneak away from her house and to have her hair cut off and to become a nun and to become the first Franciscan nun, this was a huge deal. But between Francis and Claire, they inspired, even in their lifetime, tens of thousands of men and women to leave everything and to see if it was possible to really do what Jesus said. Not just talk about it, but see if it was possible to really live it. And that's what set the world on fire. That's what created the Renaissance. And I believe that if there were enough of us doing the same thing today, the world would be set on fire in a similar way and a new Renaissance would dawn. Wow. Wow. That's my story, I, and I'm sticking with it.
1: <laughs> and and I, I just love how you know his the life and influence and everything. It just through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. It just it's fresh. It's always pertinent. It's always relatable, and we're always called to be deeper because of it.
2: Yeah, that's right. Because know, it's more than ever before.
1: I mean, the timing yeah. is. Perfect. <laughs>
2: yeah, it really for this is. I, and that's why I'm, I'm so excited to share this musical because the timing is perfect. I mean, look at what's going on in the world right now. We we need those ten St. Francis's that Vladimir Lenin talked
1: about. hmm Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'm 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 curious if if we may. I I wanted to talk about Heaven's Borderland. Mm. And that, uh, and your your area in in Mexico, is that that's powerful. What you're doing there?
2: Yeah, it really is. We we have a beautiful intentional community in a town called Ajijic, Mexico, which is on Lake Chapala, very near Guadalajara, and the community is called Namaste Lake Chapala, and by the time the year is over we'll have about 40 houses or apartments and they're always full because once again i think that there's a fire that's being built there that people are feeling and showing up and moving in and whether they come there for a month or stay they are leaving we get together every morning uh, at 9:30 we have a beautiful session where we pray and sing and just share and then there are lots of other things that go on during the day. And oddly enough, this area, uh, Yogananda came there back in the 20s and he recognized that there was something very special and said that one day this whole area would be the a, a site of a huge spiritual awakening. And that seems to be happening. There are so many other groups that are coming there and teachers and writers and people who are so inspiring. And so, yeah, we have a beautiful place, and if anyone ever wants any information on that, they just can go to com and there's a video and some information. We'd love to welcome people, and come and visit us. But, yeah, it's it's on fire. Like, everywhere we look, Temple, this fire is burning. We just have to give ourselves to it and stop holding back and playing small And let that fire burn away everything that we don't really need so that we're left with the only thing that we really do need, which is the love that we are.
1: It's like the uh, statement by Howard Thurman, isn't it? You know, stop trying to figure out what you think. And I'm paraphrasing. Stop trying to figure out what you think the world needs and think about what makes you come alive. Because what Mm. the world really needs is people that are alive. And that's really what it's all about. I'm I'm really I'm so with you and and once you you know for those of you that are tuning in I mean once you make that commitment and you realize that you're drawing from it's not an intellectual concept it's very real when you're drawing from an infinite energy you know the molten core of the earth which is all fire um you can get by on very little sleep from time to time you can have disruption in your life and all those kind of things and really no one can tell because you're thriving on knowing that you are the purpose. And your purpose is being in the now and, and, and modeling energy. And um, <laughs> and you may see uh, James Twyman out there somewhere yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a play or doing something to show you that, that very thing. Wow, your journey is just incredible. Are you going to be... Um, posting or checking in with people along the way to let them know how yes. things are with this journey. Yeah.
2: Yes, absolutely. We're, we, people can follow me on Facebook. If they just go to James Twyman, uh, they can f- follow me there. We'll be putting things up every day. We're going to probably be making a little movie of the whole experience as well. Uh, so we're going to find all sorts of modern ways to share this fire, but, I think the the universal way, the timeless way that we'll be sharing it is just person-to-person, city-by-city, interaction-by-interaction. That's, I think, you you know, we live in this world now where we spend so much time on social media, and texting and emailing. We lose that sense of personal connection. And I think that's why people really respond to this musical is when I in the role of St. Francis are right there in front of them, touching them and looking into their eyes. They feel what they're missing. They feel what they're longing for, which is that, that connection. And that's really what spreads the fire more than anything. It's when we look into each other's eyes and, and let our defenses down and, and know that it's literally the Christ that's in front of us right now. It's not even a character. It's not even St. Francis. St. Francis impacted the world because the the fire that's within us is Christ, or you can use whatever word you want, but but it's that living vibration of holiness and grace that's within each one of us. And when we're with someone like Francis or Claire or or Templates or anyone else that's on fire, we feel that and we want it. And then that's how this revolution is going to, this love is going to, is not by texting, but by looking to in, into each other's eyes and just being present and full with each other.
1: That's so, that's so true. And I mean, I, yeah. And there's just something about, you know, sitting and, and being with another human that that's just really uh, what it's all about. I, I heard many years ago when I was a ministerial student in Science Mind that earnest homes, uh before every crowd he stood at the door and he shook every hand of the people coming in and then he walked around and then he shook hands you know throughout the experience and and somebody would say why in the world are you doing that i mean you have you know you're important and you have all this to do and you're speaking and let somebody else do that and he said oh no it's necessary because the very nature of touching someone or looking into their eyes or something change the consciousness of what I'm going to say. And I've been doing that for, for 30 years. And so I, and, and when I go places and they like, we want you to sit up here in a special chair or something, unless I absolutely have to, and there's no way I can get to where I need to be. I, I never do it cause I like to sit with the people and that whole experience means as much or more to me than anything else. And I loved what you said that, you know, you, you don't go up on a platform when you don't need to, you like to be, be down with the people. And I think that that's a, a crucial point, you know, for people to go to their hearts that are listening and how are you going down with the people? You know, how are you being with people? Because it's technology is beautiful and it's wonderful and it's not just all that. I mean, it just is so much more about humanity and day to day life and touching and giving someone a hug and, and getting to know lessons through observing someone that's right in front of you. That's so true. I I have a feeling you're going to, this is going to be and you. You know it too. It's,
2: I think this (laughs) is the act
1: and this is the performance, but what's going on behind that that's going to emerge is so much more.
2: You know, there's a line in the musical where Francis says, we tend to put people up on pedestals far too quickly. I found that the closer I am to people, the more impact I can have. And that's the truth. When we are right there in front of each other, that distance, that that allows people to, uh, to project specialness and to put someone up on a pedestal. In other words, they're higher than me, better than me, holier than me. When someone's right in front of you and holding your hand, it's harder to do that because you feel the connection. Francis understood that, you understand that, and I think the more of us that do understand that it's just about that personal, intimate connection that's what spreads the fire. And if anything needs to happen today, it's just that that this fire needs to spread.
1: It's it's contagious. It sure is. It's absolutely contagious. And and it is, I mean, and it's it's necessary, you know, when you look at the second leading cause of death of young people ages ten to thirty four suicide, it's it's way time that you know, people come into that place that brings in fire. And like you said, be radical. You know, if you're, if, if every now and then you're not upsetting someone, I don't think you're really authentically speaking your truth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was saying that the other day that somebody every now and then will come to my office and say, you know, oh, and, you know, there's a group of people and they're upset about that. And they're just waiting for this real response from me like, oh, my goodness. I mean, how could that be? And I go, good for them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that means I'm doing my job, you know. I'm not here to be liked yep. by everybody because if you yep. are, you're not really uh being authentic and and it's you know for us to be difference makers, we we must push the envelope. We we must, we're called to do so.
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm just so happy to be able to share this message with you and with everyone who's listening. And, of course, if I'm in any of those cities and you're there, I hope you can come see it. Or if, Oh, I should mention that people can be on the stage with me during the Broadway show. All they need to do is to go out and get themselves a brother or a nun's habit, and they can be right up there with me as the sisters and brothers of the order. Or be outside passing out tickets or help with the soup kitchen this is going to be a revolution in New York. We're going to be doing things that no show has ever done before and trying to share this fire in really exciting ways. So I hope everyone can come and see us and just go to Jimmy if you want to get more information. And I'm just so grateful to be able to be on this show today sharing with you. And I hope I can come and do it at your church one day in Florida.
1: Uh we would be honored to have you. We'd love to have you. So let's just put that intention out there since we yep. are doing a show yep. about being intentional. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And let's create I like that. that. I mean it it's time. It's time for our energies to come together anyway. I sure I really is. I really feel that and I would uh love to offer that support. No no doubt about it. Just uh, get in touch with me, and it would be truly an honor for us to feature this. And our group is so familiar with, not at the level that you're talking about, but but we love our St. Francis of Assisi yeah. and, and really feel that energy here on our on our sacred grounds. It's been a pleasure for all of you tuning in. I do invite you from a, just a real open heart today to, to go to JimmyTwyman.com and find out a city near you where the play is happening in the meantime get the book that also is is a powerful undertaking to to read the novel which kind of you know facilitates this whole process of of St Francis of Assisi and i just appreciate all of you as as audience tuning in and being with us and connecting with us it it means a lot james it's been a real honor to have you on the on the show today thank you and so much uh, for you to do what you're doing uh, because um, a lot of people will have success and and be a best-selling author and go retire and you have touched your refinement. so how beautiful is that yeah thank, thank
2: you. you so much temple
1: yes bless you
2: Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the
1: voice of an awakening world.
0: Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.